Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Hopefully all these fans don't make this recording kind of impossible to get. Oh, <laughs> I was thinking like listener fans. No. And I was like, wait, what? Airflow, because it's right, warm right, right, in the right, studio. Right, right. You know, right. It's you really know. warm in the studio. But yeah, our fans, our live audience out there in the studio. <laughs> hey guys, make some noise. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> well, anyways, I'm Brian. And I'm Shane. And you are listening to Fruit Snacks. For this episode, you guys, um, partly because we're lazy, partly because of (laughs) the current quarantine uh, mandate or whatever, but we do not have a guest this week, which is completely fine with me because I kind of need a break from giving interviews. I feel like I really have to be on, but when it's just the two of us, I can kind of turn off a little bit and just like it's more casual. (laughs) Okay, Ellen. Going back to our roots. (laughs) Over there like you're interviewing every day. I know, seriously, as if. (laughs) But um, you guys, this week, we're just literally going to talk about hot topics. I feel like there's so much going on in the world currently to lot. talk about um, that. Yeah, we're just going to bang it out in one episode. So yeah. this this episode is going to be more of like a free form catch up slash fruit roll up slash slash wrap up on some of the topics we've been talking about. Maybe not a wrap up, but a, a touch back on um, some stories we've mentioned yeah. before in our in our openers um because there's more news on them yeah so let's begin you want to start us off shane yeah um so to start i saw a story this morning on daily mail Mm -hmm. um on snapchat about the cameraman from the ahmad arbery video Mm -hmm. being arrested Mm -hmm. uh he was arrested um base uh sorry he was he was arrested and charged as a felony murder which in Georgia, any person uh, alleged to have contributed to another's death, even unintentionally, can be charged as a felony murder. Because like he didn't step in to stop it or anything is what they're right. arguing. Yeah. Um, so although obviously he wasn't on the video shooting Ahmed, he mm-hmm. wasn't doing anything mm-hmm. to stop it and help it. Um, so there's argument saying that he was, in terms, no better than the two guys who did it. Um, and there is speculation that he also tried to stop Ahmed from running so Mm -hmm. to kind of like cut him off the way that the guys ended up doing um but again speculation from what I've read yeah um but there was something else I wanted to bring up in regards to this case and I don't it didn't get a lot of pickup or airtime and I yeah yeah at least not as much as I thought it should but Fox News released a video two days ago Mm -hmm. um so today's Friday they released this on Wednesday And the title of the article says video surfaces of Ahmed Arbery being arrested on suspicion of shoplifting in 2017. And it's a video of the cops putting him down to the ground and Mm -hmm. cuffing his hands behind his back after um, uh, when I watched the video, it was something about them trying to charge him for either stealing or attempting to steal a TV. And what was the verdict of that video? Was he actually trying to steal it? Honestly, I don't know the outcome of it, okay. um, but just the fact that this news station, this national news station is airing this video almost in contrast to the uproar that's happened about mm-hmm. his death is outrageous to me. 
Like, it's almost as if they're trying to discredit him to not to say that it was okay that he was shot, but almost to like give some leverage to the two guys well, who did honestly, the shooting. No, they are trying to say it's okay that he's been shot because the whole purpose or the the reasoning behind these two white males shooting this black individual is that they were saying that there were reports that there was like a theft or a thief yeah. or in the you know in the community. So they're trying to like give facts to prove that he was a thief. Right. Um. Regardless if if he did in in essence steal once or twice in his life or more, um, but wasn't stealing in this moment, is that really justification to kill someone? Even if you he was I mean? stealing in this moment, was that justification totally, to kill somebody? It's like, like exactly. I mean, people be stealing all the time in corporate America, but no one's getting <laughs> shot for that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? No, I do. I do. But this actually outrages me. I'm trying to think of like the words that I want to use. Just say it. Well, I'm just thinking like in terms of the two news updates, uh-huh. I care more about this video than this man being arrested. I think that this man being arrested is a huge step in the case, but like I care less about that and more about the fact that Fox News is airing this video to discredit this man who was just right. shot and killed. Right. And then, and then whose life was ended on the fucking internet for mm-hmm. all the world mm-hmm. to watch. You know, and thank God that it was because at this point, it's probably the only reason any action has been taken is because of the the outcry um, that something needs to happen. Well, that's the thing. It's like those guys aren't arrested because it happened. They're being arrested because we saw it. Right. And that's the troubling side mm-hmm. of it is that like literally that man's life to me mattered, but to them it doesn't matter. Right. And then just because other people care is why it's becoming like news or like actually something's being done about it. Yeah. But again, like, yeah, I'm not surprised Fox news is going that route. Mm -hmm. I don't watch Fox news, so I can't say how credible they are. Um, I mean, it's very safe to assume that they definitely spin their story. Totally. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to play PC, which I don't have to, but that's just in my wheelhouse. I don't support Fox News. I don't support them putting this message out because it really does feel like um, almost like a lawyer trying to build the case against mm-hmm. someone who they know is guilty. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In, in, in hopes that they'll get a lesser sentence or whatever the case is. But I don't know. Even if he was to steal a TV, is that really worth um, shooting someone and killing them? No. I uh, Here's the thing about Fox News. I just think that they're at the other end of the spectrum of, uh, say, CNN, where... I think that they're both credible news sources. I just think that they, like you said, spin things differently um, to attract their audience and viewerships. Um, I just wish news was more like fact-based and you do what you will. Because I remember when we were younger and newspapers and stuff, it was just about what happened. You know what I mean? Well, and that's the hard thing. But specifically with this story is that is a fact. This did happen to him back in 2017. So it's hard to be like, well, you shouldn't put this out because yes, it is a fact. Mm -hmm. But in terms of when and why you decided to put it out says all that you need to know about how this particular news station spins its stories. Right. And I mean, yes. And I I understand because even you saying that I'm like, well, is it okay for me to say what news should be put out or put shouldn't put out? Mm -hmm. Because realistically, it's a freedom of speech. And once you say you shouldn't have done that, it's slighted. You're doing it for like a certain motive. Yeah. Um, you know, that could just be a, a personal opinion. But I feel like news has definitely gone the route of like opinion pieces rather than mm-hmm. factual pieces. Because yeah. I feel like even when they bring experts on, it's not experts to give you more information all the time. It's like experts to give you their opinion on 
like it's almost like to guide you into, into believing what yeah. they believe but then again it's like wouldn't it always, i guess it's always opinion so it's like hard to find that line but mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's very frustrating when i just feel like at a moral level this man should not have been shot for what was accused of him doing you know what i mean I like if he was running around with a gun whatever well, even still, I don't understand that because I know that uh, any other race running around with a gun, they don't get shot. So it's <laughs> Look like, at the protests that we just talked exactly, about in and Michigan. That's why I say it because I'm like, I'm trying to paint a scenario where like, I'm trying to rationalize why it would have been okay to like take the actions that were taken. But I'm like, I can't even fathom taking yeah. those actions yeah. based off of what was happening. Because even if someone had a gun and it wasn't threatening to me, maybe I wouldn't feel comfortable about it. But mm-hmm. I don't think I would go out attacking them. Right. Because I don't agree with what they're carrying. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I it really baffles me. I agree. A hundred percent. So that's like the the latest news updates on those two stories. Yeah. And again, like the the video of him being arrested, of Ahmad being arrested in 2017 wasn't even something that got much much traction. I right. just wanted to bring it up because this is my podcast and I can. <laughs> <laughs> so the next news story that uh, I wanted to talk about was Lori Laughlin. Uh-huh. And I feel like all these motherfucking news stories that we're going to bring up today are like all race driven. Most of them. Yeah. <laughs> I have I some fun like ones. <laughs> you even bring up Lori Laughlin. Like I know it has nothing to do about race, but I'm about to like go in racially <laughs> on this and I don't mean to, but I feel like if we don't, it really doesn't paint the picture of why this is so crazy to me. Right. So Lori Laughlin and her husband Massimo Giannoli uh-huh. uh, have pled guilty to their roles in the "quote unquote" Varsity Blues scandal. Um, so and this is a give an us article some by give ABC us some Blues. backstory because we did talk about this. But if you're just listening, some people might not know. Um, just to qu- it doesn't have to be like factual. Just give us like if you were to update me on like what the story is. Sure. Uh, so there were. Uh, 50 um say parents who have been arrested or ch- or uh-huh. attempted to be charged um on bribing USC's and USC and Just other like Ivy really League high schools, schools yeah uh to get their kids into school right because their kids wouldn't have otherwise made it in based on merit and and like what accomplishments. the rest of America has to do exactly. in order grades extracurricular activities right. realistically getting hired or getting accepted for what you should be getting accepted yeah. for. Yeah. So we've already seen uh, another celebrity girl through this, Felicity Huffman uh, from Desperate Housewives. Mm-hmm. And she she had already pleaded guilty earlier this year. Um, and Lori Laughlin's just sort of been like laughing it off. And when, when she was showing up to court around the whole like Felicity Hoffman time, she was like signing autographs and like waving and smiling and like showing up with the whole posse. And people are like, you are not even pretending to be phased by this. Yeah. Um, which, and, which honestly she's not. So that's, no, that's, but, that's the case. But she's the reality is legally she could have been held for up to 20 years in prison. And it's like, you should show at least a little bit of remorse, whatever. So today, but let me let me before you get there, before you say the big kicker and why we bring this up, this is why she's laughing. Yeah, exactly this. So Lori Laughlin and her husband Massimo pleaded guilty via a Zoom video call to a federal judge for their roles in a mass for their roles in a massive college admission scam. So originally they were potentially facing facing up to twenty years in prison each, um, but after today's guilty plea mm-hmm. uh, prosecutors have recommended that Laughlin serve two months and that her husband serve five months um, but the judge doesn't rule until August 21st this would also include things like a $150,000 fine and a ton of like community service or and or probation but 
it went from 20 years to two months and five months, which we already know is going to be reduced once they're in there. But question. Okay, so since the judge hasn't determined if this is the case or not, they could still get potentially 20 years. Yes. So this is what she's offering if she's done because she said she's guilty and like admitting to her faults. Mm -hmm. They're saying that that's what she should get a slap on the wrist with. Right. Okay. So it's like in exchange for. Okay. Yeah. So because when I read that or when you told me this, I assumed that the judge just gave them that. Not, and that yeah. was the end of the thing. Okay, so she's still on her bullshit then. <laughs> yep. Being like, oh, it's not a big deal. That's why I say it's it's like, no, no shit. She's laughing walking into court. Granted, I thought, again, that she, that was the final verdict of this. Mm-hmm. So let me reorganize my thoughts. But I will say that if that is the case, how frustrating mm-hmm. that is. Because literally... Someone of her caliber does not need to cheat in order to get her kids to where they need to go. She has plenty of money to get them where they need to go. Plenty of resources. Mm -hmm. Plenty of, like, quote, unquote, what you would need in America to have a successful lifestyle. Let me just say here, between the two, they're estimated to be worth around $100 million. Right. And so a couple months like on probation or whatever and then paying $150,000. Uh sorry, 2 months in prison. Okay, and but 5 months in prison plus, you know, whatever. Regardless, yeah. from 20 years to only yeah. a couple months, that seems very mm-hmm. polarizing. Um and like that's kind of fucked up because yeah. like her kids and probably everyone in this ring spending the amount of money you probably needed to to be a part of this little like society of like corrupt yeah. <laughs> admi- admissions like you you don't need to do any of that. You probably have enough money to do whatever you need to. Yeah. But this is like, such an extreme example of this. But I was thinking about segregation and what different opportunity means for different mm-hmm. classes and races of people. Today, when I was going to the post office, so I originally went to a post office more towards down downtown, uh-huh. um, and the line was probably thirty people deep, right and in my mind i'm thinking okay these probably these people in this area just from what i know of it probably have less resources to things like cars and going to whatever post office right. in long beach they want to go to so then i go to the the post office up by the university which is like generally those people have more money mm-hmm. i walked right up to the counter i didn't wait at all to ship out what i needed to ship out and i again like such an extreme example but i was just thinking like it's insane uh, in this country, what different people with different resources have access to. Well, I simply because they don't have money. Well, I don't know if the post office thing would really be that, would it? Because like the people in that residential area probably can leave their packages or their outgoing mail on the, on the doorstep. Again, they have access to things, but that's what I mean. But like, I'm sure they could do that in where they're from, like in the downtown area, but realistically probably will be stolen if they were to take, you get what I'm saying? Well, I'm just saying like, uh, Post offices are dispersed throughout the entire city. Yeah. But people in one collective area are forced typically to go to this one because they may, again, not have the resources to get to somewhere else. To get to somewhere else, as opposed to like just a different part of town where people can jump to one of the five post offices because they can just hop in their car. Right. You know, like in that part of town, in the part where people were waiting in line, I always see people waiting for buses out there. Right. So my assumption is they just have less access to transportation. Um, and again, that's why I keep emphasizing it's such an extreme example, but it's just like the idea that a black mom during one, when all of this college admission scandal stuff was coming out, they, uh, 
there was a media outlet that brought up a black mom who had been in prison for for falsifying her address to send her kid to a better school. Yes. And we're talking grade school. Yeah. She was put in prison. I want to say it was over 10 years. But like uh, no questions asked. It was just like you did this. It was wrong. You you go to jail. Which is not even the extreme case of what's happening with Lori Loughlin. As well as that person is life doing something life changing just by moving the address. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? To get a better. And totally. it's the same thing for me. Like going to college. Um, I know a lot of my friends because obviously we graduated high school in Germany. So that was like a residential mm-hmm. address. And in order to get we're all considered out of state at that point. You know what I yeah. mean? So to get in state, a lot of people would put friends addresses as if they lived there mm-hmm. so that all their mail would be sent there from the college. Yeah. So if they got accepted, it would be in state because that literally, when I started going to Long Beach day, I had to pay six grand mm-hmm. a semester, which is not a lot compared to other colleges. Right. But I say that because it was six grand for me to take the exact same classes as it was for someone who lived in California, where it was only $1,200 a semester. And that's what I mean. It's like, I don't know the story that you bring up, but little things like that where you can get in trouble for and then someone does do something minor like that and Mm -hmm. they get caught and they get in trouble and then you go into prison. It's like, yes, it's not fair. And like, could that person have been white? So like, did it matter that she was black that all that happened? Maybe not. But because the difference is like, if this Lori Laughlin person does get away with just two months in prison, I will not be surprised. Mm -hmm. I will be like, yeah, I don't think anybody will be. It's just... I mean, how do you fix that system? Um. Well, you got to look inside. Well, I think it, yeah. I also think it's like the Ahmed situation where it's like, there has to be literally a national and or world outcry where it's putting the pressure on the system but, to react accordingly. Okay, here's the thing with this though. The people who are benefiting from the system don't feel the need to change the system because it benefits them. No one cares to fix a problem until it becomes a problem for themselves. So all these white people who get a prosper from this, like Lori Laughlin, can walk into courts and laugh and make it a joke, get mm-hmm. autographs, because the system is clearly benefiting her, so it doesn't matter. Like the all only- this outcry on social media and stuff, I think does help because it's great to bring up awareness. Yeah. But the people who are in charge are the ones who have to fucking hear this, see this, you know, mm-hmm. feel um, some sort of emotion drawn to it to feel compassionate or like driven to change. But I don't think that message ever reaches who needs to hear it. It's like all of us at the bottom being like, yeah, we need to do something. Yeah, this is wrong. This is wrong. But then none of us are in a position to be like changing. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that's all very general because I don't think that's the case for everything. But I mean, that's my dissection of what's going on. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the people who are in power, who maybe agree with what we're saying, but then don't do anything about it is really just like letting it exist. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I said this like even within my own family dynamic with my dad. It's like when you stay silent, you're agreeing with what's going on, even if you don't agree with what's going on. And that's what's happening is that all these people might disagree with it. But the people who should be saying it as an ally don't. And they're the ones that probably could make the change. You know what I mean? Yeah. The only characteristic of this story that I'll point out that differs from other stories uh, with similar situations is in this, you're not only talking about race, but class. So you have a lot of white people who have not been able to get into schools, not just because, not because of race, but because they can't afford it. Right. So you suddenly have this group on on this side on the progressive side that wouldn't otherwise normally have to be there 
um, because someone like me who who is white who benefits often wouldn't benefit in a situation like this USC scandal. Yeah. Right. Like I still wouldn't get in because they would look at my family's financial records and be like, he can't afford this and yeah. he can't even afford to bribe his. You yeah. know what I mean? Well, this is this is actually a very good point to bring up because that's where corporate America kind of stays in power is because we're fighting against each other who are in the mm-hmm. same boat. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Um. And I bring this up because I think this is a very good example, but I talked about the movie Parasite, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And that's exactly what it is about. And I'm going to give you hopefully a good brief discussion about it if you haven't seen the the movie Parasite. But really what it is, is that it's like all about class system in Korea. This really rich family has um, this maid that lives there and kind of um, quote unquote lives off of the family as a parasite because she lives in the house. Um, you know, the family pays for everything she needs. And so then this other lower class family realizes they can try to move in by becoming a tutor and becoming a driver. And so then the son becomes a tutor for one of the rich kid's daughters. And then she brings the, uh, he brings the, uh, sister in by becoming a tutor for the other girl and then brings the dad in by becoming a driver. And then they start like infiltrating this house because these people are kind of like dumb, like they're just rich, dumb people. And the maid that works there is getting mad at these poor people because they see that they're, they're like fucking up the flow Mm -hmm. when realistically both of them are doing the same thing because spoiler alert. Okay. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen it, but in three, two, one, the maid that lived there had her husband living in the basement right. down, down deep below. And she, the, the the rich family didn't know that. So the maid... They didn't even know the cellar existed. Existed. And the maid was feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to get outed by this family, so I better get rid of them. And then the other family's like, I know we need to get rid of her because we, we like living in this like bubble of this rich life. Yeah. But realistically, they're both doing the same thing. If they just teamed up and fucking were like, I know what you're doing. I know what you're doing. Let's just keep doing what we're doing and mm-hmm. then we can help each other out. Everyone would be happy right. <laughs> because the rich, the rich family would still get the services that they think they're paying for. Mm-hmm. And then the maid and everyone else is still financially supported. Yeah. And that's where I'm like, yes, in the class system, like, like when all these like poor white people or like these redneck kind of people are like pro Trump, pro Trump. He don't give a fuck about you. Uh-huh. He really does it. You know what I mean? He I supports agree. the people who are on, quote unquote, his level, mm-hmm. um, whatever level that is. I'm not saying it's above us, but on a different level. Um, and I say it's above us. It's the top I mean, 1% he's supporting. I mean, yes, but I don't say that above us in the sense that they're any better or oh, more. No. Do you know sure. what I'm saying? I, like I they're just it. on a different playing field, but that right. doesn't mean it's better that I would. Cause when you say above, I feel like there's a connotation that they're better. I don't think that it's sorry. I, I meant above us in terms of like, like class financial. And, and, yes. yes. Um, but realistically it's like all these people are arguing for all these things of like, um, no, we need business. This, you know, Da, 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 da. And then you're like arguing about health healthcare when realistically that healthcare would have supported you, mm-hmm. but you're making it about like whatever it's about. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, yes, class is part of it, but it does play into race, does play into like sex, it does play into gender and all that stuff. And I'm like, yeah. we're all on the same fight. I don't understand why we're fighting against each other because the ones who are on top literally create these like storylines that we buy mm-hmm. into and we're like no fuck you fuck yeah. you and then now we're fighting each other and they're just sitting back like ha 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 uh-huh. you know yeah um and yeah it's like very that the parasite where it's like we should be like working together then <laughs> exactly separate yeah yeah okay so we're gonna touch on the joe biden comment this is something i don't know much about but we just saw it uh before we started recording so there's a video in which Joe Biden is speaking with Charlemagne, Charlemagne correct? Yeah. Um, 
Charlemagne is a uh, black on-air radio host. Mm-hmm. And Joe Biden, I'm paraphrasing, says something along the lines of, if you don't vote for me, you're not black, which has instantly caused a Twitter storm. I'm, I mean, I'm generalizing down to Twitter. I'm sure it's all over the internet. But on Twitter, it's there's a hashtag that's trending that says Joe Biden is racist. Um, so first thoughts. Okay. This is a lot to unpack, too, because I just saw this as well. Um, I get Joe Biden's uh, motive behind that, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like, Trump doesn't support black people. So if you don't actually, vote for Joe Biden, you're not black is what they're saying. Wait, let me start because I actually have something that I think will give you an opportunity to, to sort of like trickle down and unpack okay. in like an organized way. So I looked at some of the comments on some of these trending uh, Twitter posts. Jamil Hill, um, a black woman, she's a contributing writer for The Atlantic. Um, and she also has a podcast on Spotify called Jamil Hill is Unbothered said the issue wasn't what joe biden said because it was accurate the issue is is what it came uh sorry the issue is that it came from biden it was also clearly a joke that didn't land but i'm wondering where all the outrage was yesterday when y'all president declared his public devotion to a nazi sympathizer Mm -hmm. referring to donald trump yeah somebody then went on to try and dispute her And then somebody came to her defense and said, black people say this to each other all the time as a joke. If you, if you support Trump, you're not black. Like she said, it's an issue because he was the one who said it. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that's like saying the N word being not black. Do Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's like, how can Joe Biden tell someone who is black? They're not black. Right. Is is in essence, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And the way he said it wasn't, you're not black. He's like, you ain't black. Uh And it was like that, that kind of like undercover um vernacular of being like hey we brothers you right. know what i mean it's like we relate we're on yes, the same page exactly, yeah where he comes into a barbershop be like what up brother when it's right. like you would never say that to the people you hang out with you know mm-hmm. what i mean he probably would not like, like he probably talked like that with obama <laughs> no, I'm that. kidding. I'm kidding. I don't think that. But that's that's the thing. It's like, but that's what people are saying is they're like, just because you served as vice president to our black president for eight years doesn't mean you can come on air and talk like that. Yes. That's why I made and, that. And, I mean, of the <laughs> my two, joke didn't land either. <laughs> of the two, um, the two people representing America in the future, most likely it's going to be Joe Biden or Donald Trump, and realistically, they're, they're of the same archetype, mm-hmm. and so. <sighs> Yeah, it's just like, if you're not part of Trump, you're with Joe Biden, which I would agree, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you should vote for Joe Biden because Trump is definitely a shithead. Um, but again, like, it's like, I don't think that's a, an effective way to reach out to people who you are supposedly wanting to, like, totally represent. Do Read you know the room. I mean? um, it was a little tone deaf. Yeah. Um, I would say a lot tone yeah. deaf. I, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. Here's the thing, like, vernacular is a very difficult thing to unlearn um it felt very unnatural for him so i'm not saying this was a learned vernacular for him where he just like let it slip yeah but i will say things like we and we've talked about this before on the podcast in terms of saying like oh i haven't said that i think i've said it like once in the past maybe six to nine months and it was such a slip up and i was like oh fuck and i thought so consciously about it but it is something that i have to think about consciously every day where i'm like Speaking in a black vernacular or or a perceived black vernacular is not my traditional way of speaking. Mm-hmm. So to do that is you're putting on a hat to like ex- to fit in. And I'm like, you yes. don't need to do that. It's not even to fit in, but to like 
Um, Sorry, to fit in with like the crowd. Because sure. I'm not going to do that. Like I wouldn't go home to my, my family in Chicago and speak the way that I might around. Like if it's just me and you hanging right, out watching right, Drag Race. Right. You know what I mean? Um, what was I saying with all this? So with Joe Biden, I, I understand where where that thought process was coming from in the moment. I think one of the other issues is the context around that one comment sounded very heated. Yeah. Um, but what really, what I struggled with in just like the little bit that we've seen of this before recording came down to a, a dis, like a black man on Twitter posted a video and he was wearing a MAGA hat trying to tear down Joe Biden for what he had just said. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I see why you're upset. And I, I don't, I think that that is a legitimate reason to be upset, but to support somebody like Donald Trump over someone like Joe Biden just feels so much worse to me. But here's the thing. Who's to say it's worse for that black individual? Do you get what I'm saying? Like that's, that's probably part of the reason that this black individual was so upset, right? This black Uh Trump supporter is because someone who is of not his race telling him he's not black because you don't fall in line with the rest of the black community. Mm -hmm. And I've been on that receiving end for the way I speak, the way I carry myself, the way I look, you know, it's like you ain't black. And when people say that it doesn't offend me because I'm like, okay, if you think that your standard of black is not what you see in me, okay, to your standard, I'm not black, but I still feel black. I think that's the opposite of what he's experiencing is that he probably comes up with a lot of like, why are you with Trump? Um, you're black. Like, he don't support you, blah, blah, In his mind, he thinks Trump does. So whatever that means for him is truth for him. You know what I mean? And so for Joe Biden to be like, you ain't black if you don't do it, is maybe why that person felt so inclined to make that video. But yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> it's not, not yeah. I'm going to say, bitch, you ain't black. <laughs> I'm not going to say, bitch, you ain't black. But it is very questioning of like, I'm curious to know what his stance is on why he might feel so heated in a weird way of being like, that's racism when Trump mm-hmm. clearly has done way more to oppress black people than yeah. Joe Biden making that like connective joke that didn't land. Right. Well, and here's the other thing when I think about someone being voted into the office of the presidency, I think you're also voting in the cabinet of which they'll surround themselves with. Uh-huh. And I associate Joe Biden with people like Stacey Abrams, who's such an outspoken woman of color. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I think, and I say this with a grain of salt because I understand how shitty this is in reality. In voting somebody like Joe Biden in, I understand the hesitation because he is just a generic old white guy who, yes, served under a black president, but still comes from like a white perspective, but is bringing in people like Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. and Kamala Kamala Harris. And I'm like, those voices will be your representative in that office versus voting in Trump. We already know what we have. Mm-hmm. There's no benefit to that mm-hmm. again, you know? Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I, I'll say this on this topic. White people n- need to do better in terms of understanding. There's just not a time right now in today's society to be joking like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yes, especially when it's like in a political forum like that. Yeah, it's it's to but say here's you can't the thing. joke about it is I don't want a blanket statement like that. I mean, you can, but I I I, I hesitate to say that because I don't think that humor should be removed from like everything because I feel like we're kind of getting too PC on everything. I agree. I agree with but that. But I also think that yes, 
with that said, you have to be, I don't mean to make this sound bad, but a little less ignorant. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, we like, have to I be think, conscious all the time yes, of what we're saying. People just need to be aware that their their life experience isn't the only experience. Mm-hmm. And if that does offend someone by your act of being you, you need to understand that, like, yeah, that's the possibility. Right. Yeah. I just think in my own personal shoes, like, if I'm in a, in a room with you alone and we're joking, I still have to caution how far I allow myself to go because a, I still think that there's a line I could cross even with just you knowing me as well as you do. Um, but also I think it then makes it that much harder to censor yourself when you're in public, like Joe Biden was today in this interview where like, say he and Obama were talking like that, you know, and Joe Biden would make a comment or or joke and and it would be fine. It, it makes it subconsciously more difficult for him to like think about it in a heated moment like that to be like, oh, wait, you can't say that here. Does that make sense? Like, no, you totally. Get too wrapped I mean, up I, I could use that even in like my friendships where like yeah. with certain people I can be direct and call them a stupid bitch and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like get over mm-hmm. him. Right. But then if I'm talking to someone who is not used to me right. talking like that, I'm like, you're a stupid bitch. And they're like, oh, my God, you're such a mean person. You're yeah. like, Your delivery is awful. And I'm like, ooh, like, exactly. what? you know, yeah. it's very that. Yes. Tone, uh, tact all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think, I think part of it too is Joe Biden's probably trying to cap, uh, capture the, the charm of Obama. You know what I mean? Where yeah. he had that professionalism yet he could still have that personality. Mm-hmm. And I think Michelle does a very good job with that. But I also think that comes from a place where their mouth is allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, granted, I think Obama and uh, Michelle were like held at a different standard as far as For what is sure. correct. You know what I mean? Cause like, because of the first black presidents, they, they, they hold the burden of like, Oh, a president should act a certain way let alone oh a black person mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i think there's a different standard there but i also think that like yeah like you just have to know mm-hmm. where you what lane you're in <laughs> and even then like the only time that we really saw obama speaking again sounds shitty to say as a black man is like on late night talk shows when mm-hmm. he was like first running or at the um correspondence dinner where he had people writing jokes for him mm-hmm. but he was sort of allowed to introduce that side of himself because he was like oh but it's a correspondence dinner yeah. so like we can give it a pass but if he were to ever have said it like in an interview the way that joe biden did he for sure would have been like it would have been the opposite sort of the right. uh backlash right like oh black people can't exactly can't. but here's the thing that's beyond crazy to me is Trump can act like a motherfucking idiot. Uh He can say all this dumb shit can fucking do this dumbass fucking. Oh, I just can't. I can't even put it into words, but then it only falls onto him. It doesn't Mm -hmm. fall onto the race of people. Do you get what I'm saying? Granted white people are definitely getting a resurgent of like white people are shit. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, But I don't, I still feel like people are like, oh, well, that's Trump. They're not like, that's white people. Right. Granted, again, it's starting to go that direction where people are like, oh, white people are crazy. But I think there's still that separation of like, Trump represents a certain kind of white person, not yeah. white people. When Obama, if you were, or Michelle, it's like, they represent all black people. Exactly. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think that's just the burden of any minority. Understanding you being gay too. Like if your friends met you and they were you were their only gay resource mm-hmm. they'd be like oh my god gay people are so crazy my friend shane uh-huh. likes broccoli oh my god gay people love broccoli it's yeah. like what <laughs> um yeah i agree but it's funny because i feel like going back um about like how white people are kind of getting shit um <laughs> i stumbled upon this instagram that was like about karen's <laughs> yeah 
I lost my shit. It was just like a plethora of videos of people who are quote unquote Karen. And they're like, let me speak to your manager. Cause Karen's become the new, like you're, you're a stupid white person, like entitled. <laughs> and then it was another one. It was like, what do you call a group of Karens? Privileged. Privileged. <laughs> And I'm like, yes, come for it. Yeah. Because I I think that's just funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And people were saying that, like, that's, like, comparative to the N-word. When it's like, okay, let's pause. Because can you say the N-word anywhere? No. Can you say Karen anywhere? Yeah. So that alone, exactly. that little litmus test uh-huh. tells you it is not the same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll just say this and then we can move on. But the other thing that I will say, and this is just in defense of, like, somebody with common common sense um somebody like joe biden is teachable donald trump is not yeah does that make sense yeah joe biden can learn from this and i don't think that donald trump has ever learned from anything he said um and that's the one like argument that i'll put out there on my behalf is like in terms of cancel culture i don't think that it's right to just be like you fucked up this one time you're done yeah drop out of the presidential like Okay, let's let's bring him in and tell him why he fucked up so bad. And see the response to that. Rather exactly. Rather than just yeah. being like, you don't get a chance to m- make mistakes. Yeah. Right. Because to my knowledge, I don't know of any prior... Well, never mind. I'm not even going to open my can of I know. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, I'm sure at one point, Joe Biden has said some shit that probably would not fly in today's... For sure. ...world. But I know I've said shit that probably will not fly. Mm-hmm. And vice... You know what I mean? Like, things change yeah. so quickly and... I'm not trying to validate saying that's okay, but because we go forward becoming a better person and realizing our faults, I think that's fine. Mm -hmm. I think it should be, I don't think it should be called cancel culture as much as it should be called accountability culture. Mm -hmm. Just hold each other accountable. And if you're accountable for what you said and you're okay with it, then have that backlash. But if you're not, then be remorseful and then learn to change from the people that you offended because that's being a better human. So the one story that I wanted to bring up, (laughs) surprise, surprise, is about race. (laughs) It originally is not about race, but then people became, made it a race issue. And I only say this because I feel like currently a lot of these things keep happening, obviously, between races, which is America because we're all diverse. But then I think it's just heightened with the current climate of the political world. Like Mm -hmm. everything is about race because it is a little racial and I feel it. Well, it's very racial, but it's it's coming at a time in which we're it's almost like there's an attempt to shift the racial dynamics. Yes. Which have been challenged before in history, but never in a way that's been so widespread and easily accessible by everybody where you and I in Los Angeles can see uh, racial occurrences across the entire country and world and have a voice about it that those people can hear. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing, too. It's like I think. What the problem with everyone when it comes to like tension is that there's this loss of power. And I think people who are currently in position of power are white people. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think as America grows and grows, there's a switch in population as to far as far as who that power affects. And I don't think there's as many white people as there were before. Not only population, but generations. But that's what I mean. Like, Like. Yes. Well, not just. I mean, say that say, say that statistically, we were the same in every race in terms of numbers in future generations. I just think that we are we are seeing a rise in people who challenge the norm, starting like kind of with our generation, but maybe honestly, a little before. I don't think that that would be challenged if you were around your race the whole time. If we never saw another race, then no. That's because, what I'm saying. So, like, 
there's more than just white people here for you to feel challenged. Because if you were just growing up in a area where it was just white and like there was nothing outside of that, you probably wouldn't feel the need to challenge anything because it doesn't affect your world. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah. just like when people in smaller towns are like, this COVID-19 thing is stupid. Why is all of America shut down? Because, yeah, in those small country or in those small towns, it probably doesn't affect you as much as like a big city where there's more people. But regardless, it can eventually trickle down to that if that is the case. And I think that's mm-hmm. where it's very that like usually you find people who are in rural less populated areas Republican because their community represents them mm-hmm. and something like gay, black, Asian, Latino issues don't matter to them because none of that affects their life. So they're like, why would I care? Yes, I care about money and this and that because that's my reality. But then in mm-hmm. a demo, uh, in a, like a diverse um, demographic here in like LA where we're all around each other, social issues are more important because it isn't just about, yeah, you know, money when that's like one of the things that it's about. Do you get what I'm saying with that? Because I we, do. we come into interaction. But with think it. like, I think back to the North North Dakota pipe, South Dakota North Dakota pipeline. Uh huh. That was in that was affecting Indigenous people. Mm-hmm. I've never been surrounded by a populated area of Indigenous people, but I know the difference between right and wrong, and that that upset me. Right, but the difference that you found between right and wrong doesn't mean that they're Indigenous. Is what you found that it's because you know that there's diversity out there. Do you know what I'm saying? If the injustice happened with anyone, whether it be Indigenous or not, you are well versed now because you've been around other stories for you to know that there, that is out there. But I feel like if you grew up in a single like race kind of thing where nothing outside of what you know really is different than what you know mm-hmm. that that story probably would not affect you because think I about guess, it but, but i'm thinking of like we're here the but, drag but show you, you say you say generationally it changes but i don't think that's true because that's how racism gets passed down is through generations the only reason it changes is because someone comes into your space to question your thought and that's why i'm like that's why america's coming into this resurgent of like racial tension because i think the people who are in power are no longer the majority as much as they were before. And with social media and being able to get word and pictures and images out quicker, like Ahmad being shot, like that would have been a local news story that probably would have never saw the masses had it Mm -hmm. not been for social media. And so I'm like, now that everyone has a voice of their own and it is more diverse, I think that's why all these things come up of like, it's not okay. But I think if it was just generations of the same place it wouldn't change because if you go over to like korea korea is racial as fuck like they don't fuck with people with koreans with even darker skin Mm. like everything is about like bleaching their skin um i say always on this podcast great woman but my mother it says a lot of racial (laughs) shit but i think i can't fault her for that because she's like a product of her environment but you better believe I bring it up. Be like, bitch, don't say that shit. And I think partly now she obviously knows, but again, like she's just a product of her environment. And I'm not like, that's like me being like, well, it's okay if it's my mom, but it, white people let me shit on them. That's not what I'm saying. Like I shit yeah. the fuck on my mom. As you guys know, she a dumb bitch. But with that said, I think exactly that. It's like generationally you just, she's learned over the years because bearing a black man mm-hmm. clearly opened her eyes to a lot of shit. You yeah. know what I mean? And I can draw a lot of stuff that she says and make a connection between that. Um, and because she moved to a more diverse country or a more diverse like um, community, she understands that her way isn't the only way of living. Mm-hmm. But like, if you go to Korea, 
and you're like very homogenous where everything around you is the same. Yeah. You can, you can get away with a lot more when it comes to race and like how you view people. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of Koreans. And I, I say this cause it's kind of true, but like, they don't like black people. I believe you. And like, I mean, I don't, I've never been to Korea. And, I mean, and again, this is from my own experience. So I'm not saying every Korean doesn't like black people, but like traditional Koreans, they're, they're very racially pr- proud when it comes to I'm Korean and I want mm. I want that to be pure. And that's even between other Asians. You know what I mean? It's not like yeah. I like being Asian. It's like Japanese to Chinese to Filipino. Like, you know, there's a lot of history there, but yeah, it's just, I, I think that like generationally, generationally, like you were saying earlier, it does get passed down. And because we're so diverse here in America is why I think it's just like we're, we're getting an America 2.0. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, more than like like a 5.0. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like it's a long term. It's we've come a long way, but also it's like it has it's still very recent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it hasn't even been 100 years since we've had segregation and stuff. Right. So it's like literally just yesterday that this stuff still existed mm-hmm. and yeah people who s- supported that are still around so yeah it, it makes sense mm-hmm. that was a lot yeah <laughs> sorry let me get That's off okay. my pedestal do you have anything to say i know i just no, we ran. haven't even talked about your topic <laughs> oh yeah i totally ran over that maybe i'll cut all that out who knows okay so my topic is with this um food columnist column columnist food columnist named Allison Roman. I'm going to tr- I have a lot here written down, but I'm going to try to blaze through it. There's a lot of moving parts this is why I'm just trying to get a full picture. But uh, she did an interview with the new consumer stating that the idea that when Marie Kondo decided to capitalize on her fame and make stuff that you can buy, that is completely uh, antithetical opposite we'll just say opposite <laughs> to everything she's ever taught um realistically marie Kondo's one that says like uh she got really popular on tidying up her book about like getting rid of like stuff you don't need and like yeah. what sparks joy keep it and um she was saying that uh, she also took aim at christy Teigen, declaring that the celebrity's target line and instagram account horrifies her she says that Teigen had a successful cookbook um and then it was like boom a line at target boom now she has an instagram page that has over a million followers where it's just like people running content for, uh, for her. It horrifies me. And it's not something that I ever wanted to do. I don't aspire to be that, but like who's laughing now because she's making a ton of fucking money. So people criticized her for saying all this stuff for a couple reasons. Um, critics were quickly um, pointing out the hypocrisy of uh, Rome, Romaine accusing Tegan and Kondo of selling out when Romaine herself has not or Roman has not only um, partnered with brands in the past, but is launching what she describes as a capsule collection of vintage spoons. <laughs> that is so... Anyways. <laughs> but later she apologized, saying that um, she needed to learn and respect the differences between being unfiltered and honest versus being uneducated and flippant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Chrissy Teigen got wind of this and was like, wow, I actually supported you, and it's kind of disappointing that you would talk shit like this on me. Yeah. And then they ended up squashing the beef, but then she actually, this, um, this Alison Romaine woman, um, lost her column indefinitely. And then also going forward, um, people now are kind of making it a race thing because why did she, out of everyone she could name, only name two people of color. Mm -hmm. And, um, they were saying that like, Martha Stewart obviously did the same thing or right. Paula Dean or even the Kardashians have done it. Like everyone, like it's just yeah. based off of branding and like franchising your, your essence. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a bad thing. Um, but again, 
people are like, why did you only bring two women of color into this when so many people do it, including yourself? And then also people said, and this is the second point that I guess we can touch on, is that um, Romaine, who is part of Bon Appetit Test Kitchen, owes some of her success to introducing primarily white audiences to ingredients previously deemed too exotic or too ethnic to be integrated into traditional American cuisine, right? Right. And so it was like, who really gets to be the face of this introduction and who gets to benefit off of it is the question that I pose. Yeah. Um, Well, so here's kind of where we can go full circle back to when we said instead of cancel culture, think more accountability culture. Chrissy Teigen tweeted two days ago, I very publicly forgave Allison, and that was real. When I said I don't believe in being canceled for your honest opinion, that was very real. I don't agree with what the New York Times has done, um, speaking on behalf of them canceling her column. Uh, And she says, I am not them. I didn't call them. I didn't write. And most of all, I'd like her back. Yeah. So coming back to Allison, or or Allison, Allison, being like, I forgive what it is that you said if you hold yourself accountable for it um and have like learned from it basically um and she's saying like don't don't tear this girl's career out from under her because of like a mistake that she put out for all to read it's more like no like she apologized i forgave Mm -hmm. her like move on with it Mm -hmm. you know um i don't know like i smell like a really cute collab between them (laughs) that would be funny yeah (laughs) yeah i i uh it's hard for me to be mad at somebody when like the person that should be the most mad is like okay with it yeah um i know marie kondo hasn't said anything but Mm. again she probably is too busy to care yeah (laughs) because she well it doesn't spark joy so why would she (laughs) exactly and i don't i feel like she's so docile that attention doesn't seem like it'd be in her wheelhouse um but yeah like i get why people are criticizing her because the facts are there. She did come after two women of color and there's 101 examples of why this has happened in the past. And she didn't mention any of those. But then again, that could just have been a slip up. I'm not trying to give her an excuse and like, mm-hmm. you know, explain her. Cause I don't know her. Um, but I heard in the past that she said stuff, not racially, but just have, she uses that kind of humor too, where it's like that, that like I'm too cool for school kind mm-hmm. of like, you know, mantra, which I kind of use as humor too. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think this is where she put her foot in her mouth and just to come full circle, like she acknowledged where she was wrong. I hope that she does mean it. And you know, like when you do these public apologies, I feel like it's hard because like they're so quick to say something in rebuttal and then, and then think, Oh, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal until it starts becoming a big deal. And then like, I am so sorry mm-hmm. you know where it's like why weren't you coming out the gate with that remorse from the beginning yeah when you're trying to like double down on it's okay to say what you right. said and i think that's somewhat of the storyline now too but well it's weird how these things grow to become what they become considering had she left chrissy Teigen out of all of that uh like feedback mm-hmm. and just went with marie kondo this would never have been a thing yeah i guarantee yeah it's just because chrissy Teigen has such a fan following Absolutely. especially like on twitter um and if you go to her twitter page now it is all posts about her cookbook like what um what's her name romaine allison it's like what allison was saying uh, where she's like basically these accounts are being run for her by her fans mm-hmm. like it's people posting photos and her like retweeting or reposing me and like oh my god it looks so good i'm so happy it turned out yeah you know but um because she has such a following people are so quick to like jump behind their yeah. 
whoever they stand or whatever it's fucking totally called. which is okay because i'm like if someone were to shit on this podcast bitch you better believe snack pack you better fucking stand for us <laughs> niggas um but with that said like it's annoying because like i feel like this happens a lot where people see you um are with you from the beginning and then you become successful and then you start getting big and then they're like, Oh, you fucking sell out. Like, you know, a lot mm. of artists just go through this kind of turmoil. And yeah. I'm like if you were a true fan, wouldn't you want them to have success? To succeed. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's where it like, doesn't, it doesn't resonate. Cause like if I was a fan of my friend and then they started getting really big, I wouldn't be like, Oh, you too big now and start hating. <laughs> I think that partially that might come from a jealous place if you feel that way. But I'm like, no, I'm your friend. I want to support you. Yeah. Oh, you got a big deal. Awesome. Mm hmm. Maybe I'm in the same place, which makes me feel like shit. But then that's a journey I need to figure out on, like, what I need to do to be yeah. better. But I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I um, bring this up, too, because of the whole second point where they were saying that, like, a lot of these um, – I'm not well-versed in the food network or the cooking industry, but – yeah. Um, I could see that being an issue and broadening it out. But when they say that, like, these women use ethnic – seasonings to like you know bring into mainstream media now they become the face of like oh my god you introduced me to like vietnamese cooking or jerk seasoning or whatever um kind of like trader joe's has those like right. jerk, jamaican jerk plantains which are fire but i knew what jerk was before that and then someone going into trader joe's who yes trader joe's has a very white market seeing jerk chicken and they'd be like oh my god trader joe's made this jerk chicken mm -hmm. when it's like nah they they, they poached that recipe off somewhere right. else granted they gave credit because it's jamaican jerk you know what i mean it's not like they're just like seasoned plantains <laughs> um so i'm not coming after trader joe's i ain't trying to cancel trader joe's uh, no we're trying to get sponsored by trader joe's <laughs> but it's very that where it's like where does the line get drawn for like inspiration or like taking but i think just like how the Nico Tortorella thing where someone who isn't from the community um, gets to be the face of that community because they're more digestible for right. the, the viewership. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. You're out of breath. Apparently someone I'm sweating, bitch. Um, well, this last topic is, it's not a throwaway, but it's like so easy to get through because to me, it's such fucking common sense. And if you can't see that, Sorry. I'm sure we can talk a lot about it, though. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. Because um, my ass will go on forever. Which is why I like, wrote it down as a topic. But basically, it just comes down to Disney Parks has announced that oh, as they start reopening, it is a requirement for any park attendee above the age of three to wear a mask in the entire time that they're at the yeah. park. Um, and of course, there's been an uproar about it. People talking about canceling their trips to Disney because of this and how it shouldn't be forced and how wrong that is and how it violates them and their rights and their personal spaces and freedoms and this and that. Um, and here's the thing, like, I just, like, I don't understand how this isn't common sense. The only place that you're going to get... Okay, let me put it this way. If Disney didn't enact a rule like this and you took your fucking family there and they got sick, who are you going to blame? Disney. Disney is doing this to protect themselves, and I don't fucking blame them. Every company should. Well, here's the thing. Like, with any company, if you go out into a, into civilization, shoes and shirts are required. Mm -hmm. A seatbelt is required to drive your car. Disney, you have to wear a shirt to go into Disney. You're okay with that. You're not saying, my freedom, I want to mm -hmm. not wear a shirt in Disney. I want to keep my shoes off. You'd be like, oh, okay. So it's the same thing. It's like... 
it's starting to become a fight about is coronavirus real right. and like people are being dramatic or whatever when it's like it doesn't matter like if you want to partake in what this product is you have to play by the rules mm-hmm. if you don't want to partake by the rules don't partake in the product right like disney does not owe you anything right <laughs> it's there was one post that i saw where i'm like okay i understand the hardship in this situation there was a mom who posted um sort of a lengthy post and it was about her son who's autistic and she's like we've been trying to practice with masks for our trip come august Mm -hmm. because they have a whole trip planned at disney um and she's like it's just not happening like he's not allowing us to put the mask on him and he's not going to keep wearing it through the entirety of the day and i understand tough situations like that but at the end of the day all i can think in my mind is like don't you want your son's best interest yeah like aren't those at the center of your heart You're, like like his health is more important than him having a fun day at disney yeah should be the idea yeah i mean i'm really glad that you brought that up because i in my mind i'm not thinking about i know situations totally like that. that's why like, i brought yeah, that up no that makes sense why you would have an issue with that um because i think that's a very valid issue mm-hmm. because there's a reason behind why that would be troubling right but i don't know i i i i think it's incredible the parks are even opening yeah. To be, in my opinion, like given I'm surprised they are, to given be what what like protocols they have to follow and and safety procedures they have to keep in place for guests to come at all is like so over the top compared to normal operations that they could be like it's not worth it we're not opening yet. Mm-hmm. You know, in which case you don't have the opportunity to go at all. To, but to be honest, let's not give Disney the martyr of truth because no, I don't well, think they're I'm using opening them as an example for businesses. Right, but I don't think they're opening cuz they like want people to like enjoy their product right they need to make money yeah exactly i think it's a money thing um so like i'm not i'm not shitting on them for that because i get it like i'm trying to go back to work right um but yeah i don't want to are we though (laughs) i am girl (laughs) i got a a second job or a third job now no i'm working on my dad with my dad um i don't see i don't i'm surprised that disney's trying to open even with masks because realistically like what every time someone gets on and off ride are they gonna wipe it down every time someone sits in a seat to go watch a show is there gonna be like social distancing with that they're gonna have to wipe the the seats i don't think there's gonna be shows i don't either yeah and i mean that's my opinion coming from entertainment and being furloughed from it i don't foresee that happening yeah but this came down to wearing masks and it's just like wear a fucking mask or don't go to disney i don't care (laughs) i nobody cares literally nobody cares here's the thing with me is like do i enjoy wearing a mask no <laughs> but because we have to, I understand, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just like even if I were to get sick, would I be that affected? Probably not. I could have already been sick. But that still doesn't give me the right to just like free will and be like, nah. <laughs> yeah. Coughing on everyone. <laughs> it's like none of this makes sense. Yeah. Damn. Well, that's that. Sorry that this was so racially driven, but that's what you get when you have a black boy and a white boy hosting a podcast, you know? Yeah. But I felt really racially targeted. So. Yeah, good. Because your white people are crazy. Tell your aunts, I'm uncles. A victim. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're an adaptive athlete. <laughs> Tell the joke, though. Okay, so. <laughs> I've been I've been dating Russell and Russell and I listened to AJ's episode from last week. So last week we did an episode with AJ just real quick and it was his struggle, not struggle, but his success, I should say, about being an adaptive athlete because he had his leg amputated. <laughs> so Russell went on to make a little joke about himself because uh, he is missing half of two of his fingers 
Um, you can't really tell, like if if you don't honestly, know to look I still haven't noticed. I know. So like, if you don't know that it's there, like it's whatever. But he's like, you guys like should have had me on too. I'm a I'm an adaptive athlete. Like, blah, blah, all this dumb stuff. So then he like looks at me and he's like, give me a little adaptive kiss because I have no lips. So, <laughs> that's that. So, now I don't talk to him anymore. <laughs> so Shane, I just want to say I'm so proud of you making this far. Thank you. Because I don't know how you keep food in your mouth with no lips. It's hard. Or imagine um, drinking, drinking water with no lips. Yeah. I just want to say I'm so proud of your journey and you. being a victim of lipless life. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Running a podcast during quarantine is not easy. It's just not ideal. It's not ideal, but then also, like, I feel like part of the reason why we, like, carry on is because we're living life and getting inspiration through what we experience. And because all we're experiencing is the fucking studio here at my house. We got to dig deep, bitch. Mm -hmm. So thank you, world, for giving us things to talk about. (laughs) Or half listening. Hopefully you're listening by this point, (laughs) getting to this point of the episode. Uh, You have nothing better to be doing other than listening, so... (laughs) It's always hard when we talk about stuff like that because it's like I have a game plan, but then the mess the, the episode gets a little messy, and I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> but you're too far in, literally too far in. I'm like, well, I ain't gonna delete all this, and I don't want to edit it. So here we are. Um, okay, guys. So this part of the episode is called "In Season." This is a little some some we take interest in for the day, the week, the month, or the year that we feel like we want to share. So Shane, do you want to go first, or do you want me to go first? Yeah, no, I'll go first because following a tradition, I have two, but I'm just gonna plow right through them. The first is Ariana Grande and Lady Gaga's new song from Lady Gaga's forthcoming album Chromatica. Faggot. Song is called "Rain on Me." Summer needs to come around because this is the summer anthem. Like, I want to go out. I want to bop to this. I want to dance to this, drink to this, pretend to shablam to it. Like, I love it. This song is so whack. I love it. I can't wait. I love this everything song. about it. I love the music video. They look beautiful. Ew. I love it. Honestly, watching the music video, I thought it was a parody. It feels like, like an SNL skip of like snl skit of what a pop star should be the way that the song is the way like it's just a pop produced song there's i just can't i think it's gay culture at its finest at its most obvious i don't say the finest (laughs) at its most obvious finest gross okay okay so my next um this is like kind of trashy but i think the reason that it's part of my in season is it's like sort of uh holding a mirror to how like into real estate i'm getting where like I brought up interior design before and I'm like super into that, but I love looking at like houses. I am this like avid subscriber to Architectural Digest on YouTube, but you introduced me yesterday to uh, Selling Sunset on Netflix, which I kept seeing on Netflix, but I was like, it just seems too reality driven, too reality show driven, which it very much is. Um, There's way too much drama in it. I'm honestly watching it more so for like the real estate because I think it's insane what they're doing. or, or selling. Um, but I love it. I love it so much. And we watched the entire first season yesterday. And then I watched, bless you, the first episode of the second season. And so much has happened between the first two seasons. And I 
can't wait to see more. Okay, I'm mad at you for saying that I like introduced it to you. Like you did. I took interest. I came no, in, you bitch. were watching it. You were like, I was you watching- have to watch this. It's so good. And I was Girl, like, okay. bye. <laughs> <laughs> That's lie. Y'all, I was sitting here watching it because there's I struggle with finding TV I enjoy. Like literally, I will sit for hours looking at Netflix, Hulu, HBO, Prime, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. Got it all. Literally got it all. All I pay for though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't pay for any of it. <laughs> I was going to say, all I pay for is Hulu. But I don't even pay for Hulu. Yeah, no, I don't pay for any of that shit. And I have it all. Anyways, um, it's always so hard for me to fucking find TV to watch because I don't give a shit about TV. The kind of TV I love is like a documentary. Mm. Let me learn a thing or two. That's why I'm you like... You do love the Housewives. I like Housewives because that's an easy, like, let's tune out. Um, I like reality TV too. More for like learning about like social interaction. I know that sounds so stupid, but I love the way people conflict resolute problems and that's all reality TV is. So I like to like judge how I would change the situation, but I was playing Zoom Zoom and Shane walked in and I put selling sunset on because my friend Kyle was like, it's so good. And like one episode and I was like, this is stupid. Yeah, but you were hooked. No, you I kept wasn't. being like you'd walk away, and I would make a noise. And you'd be like, "Wait, what happened?" Well, yeah, because I was waiting for something exciting to happen, and yeah. every time I was like, "Oh, that's stupid." You're invested. Bye. You're here for the long haul. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's filmed very much like we said this yesterday, like The Hills. The Hills are or like Laguna, Laguna Beach. Beach. Yeah, yeah it's, you know, it might be the same producer. Maybe. I'm not putting that in fruit facts because I really don't care. But y'all can figure it out. Tell us if it's the same <laughs> producer or not. Um, but yeah, no, don't fucking say I fucking showed you selling sunset you got me a, hooked that's the guatiam lie <laughs> <laughs> why don't you look into doing real estate i've thought about it but i'm just seeing like how deep this passion runs like i don't know if it stops at watching selling sunset knowing you it probably does stop yeah there. probably because <laughs> you always get these ideas in your head and then you're like mm. i mean they make a lot of money they they do make a lot of money. Maybe I'll do real estate, <laughs> but I don't chase money. Anyways, this is getting off topic. So my in season for the week, um, I've talked about this in the IGTV videos previously. I've talked about this in my own personal Instagram story, but I'm still obsessed with it. And I only bring it up because they're all out. But the Ube Mochi pancakes oh. at Trader Joe's. Y'all, if you tried them, they were fire okay ube is taro and taro is just like a purple potato realistically but they mm-hmm. you put it in um it has it exists a lot in like hawaiian cuisine as well as like pacific island um, so ube and taro are the same thing yeah okay. um taro's i believe what they call it in hawaii and then um ube is what they call it like in like uh the philippines mm-hmm. but it comes from like a pacific island kind of feel and that shit is fire okay so good um every time i the first time i got it uh they were almost out and i was like oh it must just be a new item that's why because they have ube ice cream too and Mm. both those products are super popular right now and i asked the person at trader joe's i was like is this popular like have a lot of people bought it because i was like i see that you guys are almost out and he she's like oh my god so many people keep coming and buying boxes and boxes and boxes of it i was like Hmm. really and she's like yeah because it's so cheap compared to where else you would get it and i was Uh, like oh that does make sense because it's only like three bucks for such a novelty product Mm -hmm. as compared to like you would get it in like hawaii as like a souvenir do you know like to go like ube mix or like the hurricane popcorn is really expensive too all irrelevant but anyways i went to three different trader joe's looking for it not actively but i went shopping and Mm -hmm. i was like oh let me go to this trader joe's to shop and then they didn't have it but i was like it's not a big deal i was like i'll get a box when they come up i just went to one in glendale because i was there the other night and i was like do you guys still have the ube 
um, pancake mix? And they're like, no. And I was like, do you guys know when it's coming back? He's like, May 2021. <laughs> In a year? Yeah. And I was like, oh. And he's like, no, seriously. It's a seasonal item. They were only testing it out. And I think they'll bring it out as like a. Well, I think it's a seasonal vegetable or like a seasonal. Uh, yeah. Like, you know, like watermelon's really big right now. Like they have like watermelon juice and watermelon mm-hmm. jam and all that. I think it's that where it just like seasonally grows. Okay. I'm not putting that in fruit facts either because it's not important. But yeah, he said May 2021. I was like, skirt. So. But I don't get it. What what flavor is mochi? Mochi's rice. Like a rice cake. Right. So, okay. So ube is a flavor. It's like a sweet yeah. potato. And it makes well, that's it why I asked because I feel like when I get mochi, m- mochi's flavored by what they're mixing it with. Yes. So there's like rice paper not rice paper rice um additives into the pancake because uh, when you eat the pancake so it's more for consistency yes, the mochi exactly part. i see um because because it's gluten-free so they did it instead of putting wheat in there because mm. pancakes normally have like a spongy feel yeah. like a like a cake clearly the name pancake but uh when you make it with the ube mochi it gives it like a more of like a gummy texture mm-hmm. um which mochi has and that's what i loved about it it was like very dense and like gummy yeah Ugh. And we're going to fucking Palm Springs in a couple weeks or Joshua Tree or wherever the hell we're going. And I was yeah. like, oh, I have to remember, let me get like three boxes because that will be like one of our like breakfast things. And <laughs> we can't. So womp, womp, womp. Well, yeah, I told you I could. Talk. So really your end season is out of season. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So true. <laughs> How sad. Yeah. That's funny. Let's sign off. Finally, you were funny on this fucking <laughs> podcast, Shane. I'm so proud of you. I'm tired Thanks. of holding down the personality for a year and a half. Ugh. Yeah, holding it down, literally. Like, there's no fucking personality. All right, Joe Biden. We're going to go on that note. <laughs> you guys, thank you so much for listening to us. Um, if you are interested in writing into us, which you should be, because why the fuck not? We're bored. Um, you can reach us on Instagram at fruit snacks pod. And you can also uh, email us at fruit snacks pod at gmail.com. And if you really enjoyed this episode or any previous episode, it would be a huge gift to us to share, like subscribe and even rate and review our podcast. Um, yeah, because bitches are unemployed and we trying to look for a job. So let us get that coin, that cash money. Mm. Okay. Ew. <laughs> I'm a, I'm annoyed with myself. So on that, I'm going to go. Do you have anything else to add before we <laughs> bitch? Do you have anything else to say before we bounce up out this mother piece? I know it feels like quarantine has been a really long time at this point, but she has made it the past four years without having sex. So if she can make it through four years. You can make it through four months. Wow. Inspirational. That's it. All right. Well, bye guys. Bye.